everyone, and welcome to the June 11th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with the Floyd Scarin Law Offices. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Court of Appeal ruled that a couple who were seriously injured while checking on a neighbor who had made a 911 call at the request of a deputy sheriff were employees of Trinity County and entitled to workers' compensation benefits. Here's what happened in the published case of Gund versus the County of Trinity. A Trinity County deputy sheriff phoned citizens James and Norma Gund, who did not work for the county, and asked them to go check on a neighbor who had called 911 for help. The guns unwittingly walked into a murder scene and were savagely attacked by the man who apparently had just murdered the neighbor and her boyfriend. The guns sued the County of Trinity and the deputy for negligence. But the county filed a motion for summary judgment on the ground that plaintiff's exclusive remedy was workers' compensation. And the trial court entered summary judgment and the guns appealed. The Court of Appeal affirmed the judgment in the published case of Gund versus the County of Trinity. The court ruled that the couple were assisting in active law enforcement at the time, thus their exclusive remedy was under workers' compensation. The California Labor Code provides that each person engaged in the performance of active law enforcement enforcement service as part of the posse comitatus law at the request of a peace officer is deemed to be an employee of the public entity. The court concluded that Mr. and Mrs. Gund were engaged in assisting an active law enforcement at the deputy's request and thus their exclusive remedy was workers' compensation. In an important 5-4 decision, the U.S. Supreme Court held that class action waivers contained in arbitration agreements between employers and employees are valid and enforceable. Companies can now use arbitration clauses in employment contracts to prohibit workers from banding together to take legal action over workplace issues. The court's decision in Epic Systems Corporation versus Lewis could affect some 25 million employment contracts. And perhaps the first victory for an employer under this new case law involves an Uber driver who claims in a federal case pending in New York that the ride-hailing company illegally charged him and other drivers a workers' compensation fee. The United States District Court ordered that he must pursue his argument in arbitration as an individual, not as a class action. In the New York case, Gustavo Camillo agreed to arbitrate any disputes with Uber Technologies on an individual basis only. Uber moved to compel arbitration of the claims alleged against the Uber defendants, on the basis of the arbitration and class waiver clause contained in the plaintiff's agreement with Uber. In ruling on the motion, the court referenced the new Supreme Court decision. Accordingly, the court ordered that the plaintiff was directed to arbitrate his claims on an individual basis, and this action was stayed pending the outcome of the arbitration. And the U.S. Supreme Court also declined to hear the petition filed by Liberty Mutual subsidiaries for relief from changes to New York workers' compensation law 
that the company says may cost carriers as much as $1 billion. Liberty argues that the state of New York has operated a special workers' compensation insurance fund for cases that reopened after being closed. The goal of the old New York law was protecting employers and their insurance carriers from bearing the costs of unforeseeable changes in the status of work-related medical conditions. For decades, the New York workers' compensation law required employers to submit to the support to support the fund through annual assessments and the employers were exempt from the duty to obtain insurance to cover those claims meeting the fund prerequisites and insurance carriers did not cover the cases and liberty mutual claims the state approved premiums that employers paid did not account for potential liability for these type cases But in 2013, the New York legislature amended the New York workers' compensation law, closing the fund to cases reopened in 2014 or later. As a result, carriers became liable for future reopened cases regardless of whether the cases arose under a future workers' compensation insurance policy or a pre-existing one. This new amendment was intended to save New York businesses hundreds of millions of dollars in assessments per year by eliminating what the legislature perceived to be a double charge. But Liberty Mutual says that rationale was obviously wrong. It says the real effect of the amendment is to impose on carriers a new liability for cases they had specifically excluded from their pre-existing state-approved policies and that they had not been paid to cover. Liberty also estimates the cost to carriers in New York is a staggering unfunded liability of over $1 billion. But the New York Court of Appeals rejected the Liberty Mutual subsidiary challenges to the amendment under the contracts, due process, and takings clauses of the U.S. Constitution and the U.S. Supreme Court declined to intervene, which means the lower court holding applies. This was not a good day for New York workers' compensation insurance carriers. And now our crime report. Doctor and a qualified medical interpreter, unqualified medical interpreter, were arraigned earlier this week on felony fraud charges for billing for translation services that were illegal or non-existent. In some cases, the interpreter, Gabriela Pacheco, simply substituted her unqualified family members to do the translations, which are required by state law to be done by a certified interpreter. In other cases, Pacheco billed companies for patients with Latino surnames for which she had not done any work at all. And 60-year-old Dr. Tariq Mirza of Union City allegedly helped organize the scam and received kickbacks. He is a 1984 graduate of Chanka Medical College of the Seed Providence province in Pakistan. His California license to practice medicine is current and active, and there are no disciplinary charges pending against him. Dr. Mirza and Pacheco were charged with conspiracy to commit workers' compensation billing fraud and 
unlawful kickbacks for patient referrals. Mirza is the owner of Ariba Healthcare Group Incorporated with offices in San Jose and the Greater Bay Area. Clinics primarily treat patients in the workers' compensation system. Pacheco is the owner of One World Interpreting Services, a San Jose company that provides Spanish translation services for medical providers. A district attorney's Bureau of Investigation revealed that Pacheco was billing over 100 insurance companies, claims administrators, and employers despite being unqualified. A French t- franchise tax board agent examined thousands of records which uncovered over $100,000 of kickbacks from interpreter Pacheco to Dr. Mirza through payments made to third parties. Dr. Mirza allegedly submitted written reports to at least six insurance companies falsely identifying Pacheco as a licensed interpreter. And a search of Pacheco's home business revealed over a thousand patient files containing medical information in violation of medical record privacy laws. Victor Vega, the owner of Vega Cleaning Service in Oxnard, was sentenced to serve 365 days in Ventura County Jail for committing workers' compensation insurance premium fraud. Vega previously pled guilty to four felony counts of insurance code violations. He underreported both the total number of his employees and his actual payroll to his workers' compensation insurance carriers, causing a loss to the carriers of unpaid premiums. The court placed Vega on probation for a period of 72 months and ordered him to pay restitution to four insurance companies totaling nearly a half million dollars. Vega made a payment of $100,000 towards restitution at his sentencing hearing. This case was the result of an investigation by the Ventura County District Attorney's Office Bureau of Investigation. And the Riverside District Attorney's Office has charged a QME with offices in Corona and Wildemar with seven felonies related to workers' compensation insurance fraud scheme. Dr. Sanjoy Banerjee of Corona was charged with two counts of insurance fraud and five counts of perjury. Dr. Banerjee has since posted bail and is scheduled to be arraigned on July 7 at the Hall of Justice in Riverside. Banerjee claims on his website that he is the founder and medical director of Pacific Pain Care. He says he is triple board certified in anesthesiology, pain medicine, and addiction medicine. He is also a qualified medical evaluator for the California Workers' Compensation System for both his Widomar and Corona office addresses. He also claims on his website that he holds a clinical faculty position for the Adventist Health Family Practice Program and is an assistant professor in the Department of Medicine at Loma Linda University Medical Center. And he also says he is an assistant clinical professor for the Department of Medicine at UC Riverside School of Medicine. The DA's Bureau of Investigation found that Banerjee allegedly illegally self-referred workers' compensation patients to a clinical laboratory and an office-based surgical center he owned. Dr. Banerjee allegedly billed more than $180,000 for urine, toxicology testing, and epidural injections. 
He also reportedly signed at least five doctor's reports declaring under penalty of perjury that he had not referred patients to his own companies. Dr. Banerjee referred some of his workers' compensation patients to his business, Rochester Imperial Surgical Center, which was located in the patient exam room inside the Pacific Pain Care office suite in Widomar. A Bakersfield chiropractor pleaded guilty to health care fraud. 44-year-old Na Young Eo was a chiropractor at Pain Relief Medical Health Centers, which was headquartered in Los Angeles and had clinics in Los Angeles County, Bakersfield, Visalia, and Fresno. EO pleaded guilty and admitted that she submitted bills to workers' compensation insurers in which she improperly billed for medical legal evaluations. She faces a maximum statutory penalty of 10 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. According to a federal indictment, EO and two other defendants were charged with conspiracy to commit health care fraud and 15 counts of health care fraud. Also charged was Garib Danesh, a chiropractor and the manager of pain relief health centers, and 72-year-old John Terrence of Marina Del Rey, a clinical psychologist who saw patients from the Bakersfield Clinic. Garib instructed her staff to add as many injured body parts for treatment as possible to generate higher billings. The treatment plan generally included shockwave therapy, electrostimulation therapy, myofacial release massage, physical therapy, chiropractic manipulation, compounded creams, and psychological evaluation. Nearly every patient was scheduled for the same treatments, and the maximum amount of treatments allowed by law was generally billed to the insurance company. EO operated out of the Bakersfield Clinic, the Visalia Clinic, and the Fresno Clinic, and would sign the treatment plans and referral forms. The indictment further alleges that Garib directed EO to refer all patients who came into the clinic to psychologist Terrence for a psychological evaluation, regardless of the injury the patient reported. Psychologist Terrence submitted bills and reports for each patient that were virtually identical. Terrence provided each patient with approximately 20.8 hours of psychological evaluations in a single day. On one day, Terrence billed a total of 291.2 hours for treating 14 patients. That's in one single day. In one period of two weeks, Dr. Terrence billed over 1,000 hours treating patients and writing reports. Over a seven-year period, the psychologist submitted claims for psychological services in workers' comp cases totaling in excess of $5.6 million. And the co-owner of a Riverside-based janitorial company has been charged by the Riverside County District Attorney's Office with defrauding five insurance carriers of $2.7 million. And in a separate case, the owner of a substance abuse treatment center in Temecula has been charged with defrauding an insurance company of more than $250,000. 
Patricia Morales of Riverside has been charged with seven counts of workers' compensation premium fraud, as well as an aggravated white-collar crime enhancement. Morales co-owned Riverside-based Mac and More Cleaning Services, which had business contracts and employees in nine states. Morales was responsible for handling the workers' compensation insurance policies for the company's more than 100 employees. She is charged with defrauding five insurance carriers of $2.7 million by falsely underreporting the company's payroll. She is also accused of forging state payroll records to match what she reported to insurance carriers. She entered a not guilty pleas to all counts. And David Leo Johnson of Temecula is charged with 30 counts of insurance fraud and an aggravated white-collar crime enhancement. Johnson owned Temecula-based Southern California Detox Treatment and Recovery. He is accused of billing more than 90 health net policies for treatment provided to his clients. An examination of the claims of dozens of policies revealed that they had been double billed and health net paid on both sets before it was discovered. Johnson also entered a non-guilty plea to all counts. And the DWC has suspended 18 more medical providers from participating in California's workers' compensation system. This brings the total number of providers suspended to 263 of them. The names and businesses of the 18 new suspended can be found on the DWC website, as well as all others who are now suspended. And in medical news, the State Compensation Insurance Fund implemented a comprehensive opioid reduction strategy that took a two-pronged approach, which included early prevention in new cases and reduction of chronic opioid usage in existing cases. And the fund reports that the opioid reduction plan has been remarkably successful. The strategy also included elements such as peer-to-peer physician review programs, education for injured workers and treating physicians, and a functional restoration program for injured workers taking chronic high levels of opioids. The number of patients taking high doses of opioids over the past four years have decreased from 1,458 to only 186 under this new program. And the state fund reports there's been a 74% reduction in expenditures on opioids prescribed to injured workers covered by the fund. Peer-to-peer education of prescribing physicians has been instrumental in the success of state funds' opioid reduction program. They say that not all providers have adequate training on pain management and opioid prescribing and Many patients do not understand the impacts of their medications. This is why education about appropriate and alternative treatments, such as cognitive behavioral therapy, has been a key focus area for the program. The state fund will continue to focus on reducing opioids by expanding its chronic pain program to reach even more injured workers. And by adopting the Division of Workers' Compensation Guidelines, which limits initial opioid prescriptions to four days. And with that story, that is all of our news and events for this week.
please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and our special reports using your iPhone, iPad, or Android device by searching for the WorkCop Academy with your podcast software. And we also publish a daily flash briefing on the Amazon Alexa Echo platform. Search for Workers' Compensation News on the Amazon website. Again, I'm Renee Falls, an attorney with Floyd Scarin Manukian Langevin. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for more news. Thank you.